You're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowd. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. Matthew uh, chapter 4 is where, where we will be tonight. I'm looking at some of the upcoming events. I don't know uh, before we get to our text. If you notice the one that's coming up uh, at the end of February, the PHS Summit. Since pastor's gone, I figure I can poke a little fun at him, but I don't know what you think of when you think of PHS Summit. Uh, Pastor Harley Snowed Summit is what came to my mind. <clears throat> but if you read the fine print, it's navigating post-high high school years, uh, a practical uh, Q&A conversation coming up on February 26th during the evening service. So I encourage you about that. It's not uh, about our, our conceited pastor. He actually has uh, just a, a neat uh, nickname for that, the PHS Summit, post-high school summit. So I encourage you to, to plan to be with us for that as the teens exit but, uh, or have exited already. But Matthew chapter uh, 4 is our text uh, tonight. I don't know, uh, for those of you that have prepared messages before, um, my wife, I think it was this morning or, or maybe yesterday or something, but she says, you know, she's trying to encourage me, you got this, you got this, you can slay this day. But I'm, sometimes I feel like this week's about ready to slay me, so I'm going to do my best, forgive me for when I mess up, but uh, here we go, Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Tonight I want to talk to you about preparing to serve preparing to serve. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for just the beauty of your creation that we got to experience uh, today outside just with the beauty of the snow. And Lord, I thank you for uh, keeping the roadways clear that we can make it here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would um, use me as flawed as I am to give your message tonight. Lord, that you would use your spirit to apply it to my heart to those that are hearing your word, and um, Lord, that we would be um, better prepared to serve you 
because of what we hear tonight. We just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is a well-known passage, The Temptation of Christ. So how did I get the, the idea of the title, Preparing to Serve? Well, earlier on in chapter 3, we see that uh, Jesus comes to John to be baptized of him. He gets baptized, and now uh, the Spirit is leading him out into the wilderness, and uh, he, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and uh, then he's tempted of the devil. But it's after this that he begins his ministry. He begins calling his disciples. Um, he begins uh, in chapter um, 5 and 6, the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, a uh, famous message from Christ. So I think it's during this chapter, during this temptation of Christ, where he's preparing, he's giving us, leaving us an example uh, that we should follow as well um, as we prepare to serve uh, him uh, and the Father. I don't know if um, how many of you have uh, tried to go out and get a loan for a house or, or something similar to that, uh, but normally you get pre-approved, right, before you get a loan, and, um, but there's still things that you need to do after you get that approval. You need to decide on a, a property, you know, there's many properties to choose from that you're probably looking at. Um, there's often times that maybe you feel like you're in the wilderness, well, this property fell through, and this property fell through, and somebody else bought that one before I could get an offer in. Sometimes maybe you need to give something up to help pay for that property. You know, maybe you need to give up your TV subscription or, or your cell phone bill, or maybe eating out at restaurants as, as often you need to give up. Maybe you need to get advice on the property, maybe some a trusted friend or co-worker, maybe your parents, uh, maybe uh, a YouTube uh, blogger or channel or something that you, you're watching, something to get advice on. You have to do uh, inspections on the roof, sewer, water, etc. You maybe have to say no to other properties before you close on a single one. And I think we see through the story of Christ in this chapter, it's in a similar way. Um, Yes, he's uh, being led by the Spirit. He has to uh, say no to some things, food in this case, um, as well as temptations. But we see um, that Jesus is preparing uh, to serve God. So the question for us is, how, how have you, how have I prepared to serve God? Are we doing anything to prepare to serve him? Jesus prepared himself to serve God in three ways we want to walk through tonight. First of all, Jesus was led by the Spirit. In verse 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Who are we choosing to be led by? What are we choosing to be led by? You know, maybe it's the circumstances that we find ourselves in. You know, in our our small group reading, the, our uh, annual reading plan that we passed out for small groups. We just read about the Tower of Babel, you know, the circumstances that they found themselves in. Um, there was a lang language barrier that caused them to be scattered. That was a circumstance that led them to be scattered. Abraham, we read about him. He had to go into Egypt because of a famine. Maybe it's a, a health diagnosis that makes us 
change jobs or quit jobs. Maybe it's a natural disaster that causes us to move. Or um, maybe it's not a circumstance. Maybe it's more of a, just the, the world that we live in, the, the tr- tradition, the expectations that others have for us. You know, um, you know, maybe we're looking to others to, to de- define us. Uh, go and do uh, what others tell me to do is what leads us. We need, we're seeking affirmation from others. We're more focused on others. We want to comply to this world system that we're in. We want to live up to the standards that somebody else set for us. Are we being led by the world or tradition? And the Lord can use any of these, but these of themselves is not uh, what we want to be following. Or maybe it's not the circumstances or just the tradition that we find ourselves in. Maybe we're just following ourselves. I define me. My desires lead me. I demand affirmation from others. I'm self-focused. I want to defy the system, the tradition that's out there. I want to live for my personal passions. We should not, and again, the Lord can use some of those desires that he has given to us to lead us and to guide us in circumstances and the tradition that we have. But I want to submit to you that we need to be led by the Spirit, as we see in the text here that Jesus was led by. John 16, 13 says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Some of the characteristics that we uh, might uh, think of when we're being led by the Spirit is that Jesus defines me. Jesus leads me. It's a love-driven uh, approach. Um, we love others because I am loved. Um, Kenzie likes to hook our dog, uh, Tilly is her name, up to a dog leash inside the house and just play with her, lead her around the house, and you know she's in control of that dog. Um, in the same way, who are we allowing to guide us? Are you submitting to the leading and prompting of the Spirit in your life? Again, are you submitting to the leading and the prompting of the Spirit to guide and lead you? So we see that Jesus was led uh, by the Spirit. Secondly, Jesus was hungry from fasting in verse 2. It says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. Um, I spoke of small groups uh, a little bit earlier, but uh, it was through small, our small group reading plan that I read this passage at the end of last year, Matthew chapter 4, and the word hunger just stuck out to me. Jesus hungered. He chose to hunger. He chose to have that suffering urge up inside of him. Why would he do something like that? Uh, Brother Mose touched on it uh, this morning a little bit, but uh, we read in our passage that Jesus uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Elijah also fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. 
uh, around the time that he asked God to kill him that Moses uh, talked about this morning. Um, So did Moses um, the second time that God gave him the Ten Commandments and he wrote them down. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Just an interesting connection that we also see that in the Mount of Transfiguration as well, that those three people were there. Um, But why did Jesus choose to hunger or suffer? First of all, I think it was to fulfill all righteousness. If you look back in uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 15, uh, concerning Jesus' baptism, um, Jesus and John, you know, Jesus approaches John, and John's like, I don't, I don't want to baptize you. I should be baptized by you. I shouldn't be doing this to you. And Jesus says, um, and answers and says in ver- verse 15, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Um, Jesus did not need to repent of any sin. Righteousness is more of the idea here of a righteous life. Jesus is already righteous, so he will do righteous things. One of which is baptism. Another, I would submit, is fasting in this passage. So uh, Jesus does it to fulfill all righteousness. It's a, it's a good thing to do. Um, secondly, uh, to be an example. John thirteen fifteen tells us, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Um, we should do it uh, because Jesus did it. Thirdly, uh, Jesus did it to, because he wanted to do the will of God, to do the will of God. John six thirty eight says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Uh, I believe it was in God's plan for him to do that. Um, speaking of coming down from heaven, from that verse, Philippians tells us in chapter 2, verses 6 and 8, or 6 through 8, uh, says, Who, Christ being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So if Jesus can leave his heavenly home and position as God, and choose to be made like one of us, like a man, and live among us, and choose to die on a cross, a choice to hunger isn't really that big of a deal for him. He chose to suffer for us, not only to save us, but to leave us a pattern to become more like him. So why should we choose to hunger uh, or suffer as Christ did in this passage? Um, I think going back to that, pas- that passage in Philippians, uh, verse 5, just before that, says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. We need to have his mind. 1 John 2, 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. So we want to give something up. We want to have that, that, um, that bit of suffering, that hunger, that Christ had so that we might have a mind like him. Also, secondly, to deny ourself. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will uh, lose his life for my sake shall find it. 
For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? It's just a practice in denying ourselves. If we can deny ourselves a little bit of food or uh, maybe it's some time, entertainment time that we're in a bad habit of, uh, that we're hungering for, maybe it's time that we deny that urge that we have uh, to have the mind of Christ um, and to deny ourselves. Thirdly, um, I think it's also uh, why do we need to um, hunger or suffer a little bit? Thirdly, uh, to have more power. To have more power. I don't know if you recall the, the story in uh, Matthew 17 where it's just after the Mount of Transfiguration, the the three disciples just had this highlight experience up on top of this mountain uh, with Christ, whereas while the other disciples were out in, in the town and there was a, a man that approached the other disciples and said, you know, help, my, my son, he's, he's a lunatic. Uh, he has this devil that, um, can you help me? Can you help me? And the disciples, you know, uh, pray and try to cast them out and they can't do it. Um, Matthew 17 verses uh, 15 and 16 says, Lord, have mercy on my son, so after the, the, Jesus comes down off the mountain, uh, the disciples that were down there already bring this guy to him. And he says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Verse 21 goes on uh, and gives uh, Jesus' response a portion of his response. He says, Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So I think there's a, an idea that we receive power to be able to do things that we would not be able to do without uh, suffering that urge of hunger. When we empty ourselves of our wants and even our needs at times, we allow ourselves to be ready to be used by God. What is something you could suffer a little for the sake of preparing to serve God. Have you ever fasted before? Maybe it has something to do with your phone. Maybe, maybe stop looking at uh, social media. Maybe you just turn your phone off for a week. I don't know, what, what, wherever the spirit leads. Maybe it's not watching the news or TV or, or something of, of that nature. But we need to be less concerned with seeking worldly and fleshly things and more concerned with seeking the things of God. Matthew 5, 6 says, 5, 6 uh, tells us, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Quote by Tim Keller that I just read uh, this afternoon says, Whatever it will cost you to be with God is nothing compared to what it cost him to be with you. And I don't know, uh, I think Brother Mose, there's a lot of things that he said this morning that I thought, oh, I can just tuck that in my sermon for tonight. That fits perfectly. But, um, you know, one of the things that I've thought, I don't know about you, but life can be hard sometimes, can't it? It's like, Lord, just, just take me home. But Christ, like I read in Philippians, came down to the earth. He left his home to be with us, 
can't I choose to serve him here a little bit longer where I belong? Just a thought. Whatever it will cost you to be with God is nothing compared to what it cost him to be with you. Thirdly, Jesus was tempted of the devil. Jesus was tempted of the devil. In verse 1, we read um, that he was led up, in, led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 13. This, this idea of uh, being in the wilderness first before we get to the, the actual temptations. But Psalm 13... Again, if you're not in small groups, I encourage you to, to participate in one. But if not, at least pick up a reading plan and, and read through Scripture with us. Um, read Psalm 13 this past week, and I thought this was fitting here. But in the wilderness, I think David probably had some wilderness moments, if you know anything about his life. And like I said, I think we probably face those wilderness moments as well. But Psalm 13 says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? thought that I had while reading uh, through several of these psalms recently is, you know, I don't really necessarily have the enemies that David had. But sometimes I'm my own worst enemy, I think. Verse uh, 3 goes on to say, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say, I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Verse 5 and 6. David's response to these feelings. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Um, Jesus was led into the wilderness. Maybe that's what the wilderness looked like for him. The other gospels accounts give some idea that Jesus wasn't just uh, tempted, we're about to read the three temptations of Christ, but that he was tempted through each of these 40 days and 40 nights. And then after these 40 days and 40 nights is when uh, these three temptations take place. But let's look at these temptations. First of all, he was tempted with uh, food, verse 3, uh, back in Matthew 4. Verse 3 says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. The tempter knows us. He knows that Christ had been without food for 40 days and 40 nights. He knows where you and I are weak. He's going to tempt us in that area. You will be tempted where you are weak. Jesus' response in verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Again, we need to be in the word. That's what we need to feed on. In verse 5 says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple 
And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Secondly, I think uh, you could say Jesus was tempted with power. With power. Um, Like I said, Brother Moses' sermon, I thought there was a bunch of things I could plug in here. So here's one plug. James 3, 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter of uh, matter a little fire kindleth. He was, I believe, he was tempted with the, the chance to boast. The boast, boast of this power. See, I can just jump off this cliff and, and know that angels will lift me up. I have this power uh, to not be hurt, to do whatever I want. Verse 7 goes on to say, uh, gives Jesus' response to this temptation. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Continuing in verse 8, the third temptation. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. The idea of the, all the kingdoms of the war, world and the glory of them is just the beauty that's out there. He was, I believe Jesus was tempted with beauty here in verses 8 and 9. And these three temptations, I'm, maybe you've heard this before. I've, uh, I think the first Bible study I ever did, I, I related these two things. But First John, uh, we find... Uh, Three similar things. First John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 says, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you. Just a quick note, again, the word of God abideth in you. Are you in God's word? And it says, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Verse 15, love not the world, neither, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, I think this is the food that Christ was tempted with, the lust of the eyes, the beauty that Christ was tempted with, and the pride of life, the power that Christ was tempted with, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And we see the same temptation, I think, in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Eve saw that the apple was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. And it was uh, able to make one wise. Good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and able to make one wise. And a question that I uh, was given uh, that kind of relates to this, uh, this past week was, why does God allow suffering? And I didn't have a very good answer, or I don't know if the gentleman thought I gave a very good answer. I didn't think I gave that great of an answer, but I thought about that a little bit more, and in this study, thinking of that passage in Genesis, I thought, you know what? He doesn't allow suffering. He kicked us out of the garden so that we had to die so we could get rid of suffering, but he made a way so that we could be with him through Christ. If he would have just allowed us to live in, in uh, Eden, we still would we'd be suffering for all of eternity. We wouldn't have the, the, the chance to be with him. 
Verse 17 uh, goes on, and First John goes on to say, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Jesus resisted all the temptations with the word. We need to know the word. By the way, we didn't, I didn't finish uh, what his response was to the last temptation. Um, but before we get to that, did you know that Jesus talks about uh, or got rid of Satan with a gun? pastor talked about guns several, like a month or so ago, so I figure I can too, right? But here in Matthew, he poured out, pulled out his 410, if you look at it, okay? Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Then saith Jesus unto him, 410 is a gun, in case you didn't know, but then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Jesus resisted all the temptations with the word. We need to know the word. We need to be in the word to know it, but not just to know it, but to submit it and to apply it correctly. We see in these temptations that Satan himself knew the word and was using the word. But do we know the word enough to, the, to use it correctly, to apply it correctly in the context that's presented to us? What is your plan to know the word? We were in James again uh, this morning, but James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 tells us, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted. Maybe it's the idea of, of fasting there from something. And mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. How have you prepared yourself to serve God? Back to the idea of the of getting alone. You get pre-approved, but there's still things that you need to do before you get a property. You get saved. You do the first step of obedience and baptism, but there's still things that I think you need to do before you can actually begin to serve the Lord. You know, there's going to be times in the wilderness. We need to get advice we need to have inspections done on the roof, the sewer, the water, electric. We need to follow the Spirit's leading. He knows us better than we know ourselves. We need to give something up to help pay for the property. Have you given anything up to better serve the Lord? Maybe it's not for 40 days and 40 nights. Maybe it's just one day. Maybe it's one meal. Maybe it's a week of social media. I don't know. We need to say no to other properties in order to serve him. Brother Moses talked about temptation this morning. It, it builds us. Like in school, right? We take tests, and then we go on to the next thing that is added to that that's a little bit harder. And then there's another test, and then we can do more and more. Go to college learn a trade, 
so that we can do the work. There's preparation that needs to happen before we can serve the Lord. And there's going to be times that we do fall to temptation and sin. But we who are saved can find comfort in Christ as he was tempted and did not fall. He took our place of punishment and gave us eternal life to all who believe. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Will you prepare to serve like Jesus? with following his spirit, with humbling yourself with hunger, with growing through the temptations that you face. Let's pray.